What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 92 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast, brought to you as always by SorrySports.com. It is a Monday rundown on a Memorial Day Monday. I hope everybody enjoyed their Memorial Day weekend. Sean and I today talked about the Toronto Raptors and Golden State Warriors being in the finals, gave you some predictions, talked about if Kawhi is going to come back, if KD will ever be in a Warriors uniform again. Following that, we talked MLB, we talked Yankees, and then we went around the league, saw what was going to go on for the trade deadline, did a couple previews there we'll be back later in the week with another podcast so enjoy this one follow us on instagram at sorry underscore sports on twitter at sorry sports and shoot us an email if you have any questions concerns or you want to write an article sorry sports at yahoo.com enjoy the pod everybody welcome back to sorry to interrupt we're here for a monday rundown nice and early on this memorial day and we have an nba finals that is officially set tom what's up buddy how are you you are a basketball genius my friend i am good call thank you raptors warriors after i really can't believe how effortless that series was for toronto after being down 0-2 i mean they were able to contain Giannis. Kawhi went to another level. We finally saw guys like Lowry and Ibaka step up. Vlad Vliet was like the difference maker. Yeah, Van Vliet was incredible. I was talking more about the and you know, Siakam was really good too. The previous you know Raptors teams that hadn't quite oh, yeah. gotten there yet. So we saw those guys, and I was just going to mention you beat me to the punch of. You know, the inclusion of the new guys like a Van Fleet and Gasol. and Siakam and Gasol. I mean, this team was just clicking on all cylinders. And Milwaukee just didn't really look like they knew how to adjust to whatever Toronto was throwing at them. Giannis didn't quite have it. He looked, I don't know whether it was timid or maybe really the Raptors' defense just was that good on him. To be quite honest, he struggled. Yeah. And again, and everybody else did too on that team. Aside from probably in that final game in Game Six, Brooke Lopez kind of exploded in the fourth quarter. Middleton had a couple threes here and there, but besides that, Bledsoe was he was unplayable, breaking everything. I mean, I think I watched him hit one three, and he took probably five or six. Um, Brogdon struggled as well. I didn't even remember Brogdon was on the court for yep. most of the game. So. <laughs> yeah, Miritich had had a couple rough games. They just didn't come up big at all after game two. And I give the Raptors a lot of credit. It looks like the Drake curse is over, at least for now. Um, and I think gotta we're gonna going to have a really good games. NBA Finals. Got to be going to the away games. I think he'll be – I got a feeling he'll go to all the away games in the NBA Finals. But yeah. Still, like, I, I'm, next year hopefully he's better. Yeah, you kind of hope so, right? Come on. You got to be a super fan. Yeah, we talked about it last time. You got to show up to those road games in your uh, in your really nice PJ right there. It's not a PJ. It's like a Boeing seven forty seven. That's right. It's like a real. It's like a real aircraft. <laughs> it's a real aircraft. It's crazy. Um. So, what did you take away from this series, man? Mostly, I mean, after the Bucks looked pretty. I mean, that game too. I mean, they wiped the floor with Toronto. You're thinking this might be a sweep. Ended up being, what do they call it, that gentleman sweep when the other team comes back, wins four in a row. What would you take away from this series? 
Um, basically the same thing I kind of took away from the Houston series when you run everything through one player, when they figure out how to stop them in an extended series where you're not just playing them once in the regular season, it's really tough to do. And they figured out how to calm down Giannis and how to stop him basically. And he struggled because they created that wall and they dared the supporting cast around him to do it. And obviously they couldn't. And it was the same thing with the Houston Rockets and, when it's a one guy, no ball movement, ball's always in his hands kind of thing, it's tough to do. Yeah, it really is. I, I took away very much the same thing. I mean, It's tough to do unless you're LeBron. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, we're going to have a Toronto-Golden State final. And before we get into that, I got to ask you a question. I know we've speculated about this even throughout the playoffs, but definitely throughout the regular season. Kawhi is now in an NBA Finals with Toronto. Does this mean anything at all for him staying, possibly, in the North? I have no idea, man. He's a weird guy. He's a weird guy, for sure. I mean, if they win the Finals, that'd be, like, unprecedented. But I don't know with him, and I'm not going to speculate. I I still think he's gone. I think he's gone, too. I think now, though, we're in one of these scenarios where if they lose the Finals— he could look around and say, okay, I got to win here because we're so close. I think if he wins, I don't think that actually hurts his chances of staying because he will have done what he was basically brought there to do, be the hired gun and win a title. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that that actually diminishes his chances of staying more so than if they lose this series, which I think they're going to in six. What are your predictions for this NBA Finals? I think the Warriors are going to win in six as well. It's like a standard number. Pretty fair. Um, another question I have is, does Kevin Durant ever play in a Warriors uniform again? That's a good question. That? That's a good question. I find it hard to believe that he won't, be simply just because of the storyline. Like, this can't be the way he's going out in Golden State, right? Like, this guy's got to play, even if, it, if he does his best Willis Reed imitation. But... These calf strains, I mean, clearly it's worse than anything the Warriors let on. He thought there was, you know, people were first were thinking it was an Achilles kind of deal. I don't know, man. I really don't know. He's definitely not going to play, in my belief, the first two games in Toronto. Remember this year, the, the series opens up at the Eastern Conference team's home court. I don't think he's playing in games one or two. That takes us through next Sunday or this coming Sunday. And then that'll be, what, five weeks removed from from the injury. I have no idea. But I'm going to lean towards no. Does Toronto have a better record than Golden State? Yeah, they actually had one more win. Toronto had 58 wins and Golden State had 57 wins this year. Get as many wins as you can, I guess. Yeah, so I, I think that to answer your question, man, I think there's a chance we have seen Kevin Durant play his last game in a Warriors uniform, which feels anticlimactic and weird. But, yeah, I, I... all signs are pointing to this guy not playing, especially if the series goes four or five. I think it really depends on how well the Warriors play. I mean, if they win, th- if they sweep, obviously I don't think KD is going to play. If they win the first two, first three, I don't think KD will play. I think they have to lose a game at home before KD plays. Yeah, that's my prediction. And again, too, it has to it has to be obvious of whether KD can play or not. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, they're not holding him out for kind of rest. You're in the finals now. You're ready to go. If he was healthy, he'd be playing at least to some capacity. He's not healthy enough to play. 
And they were saying, even as late as last week, I believe it was Wednesday or Thursday, saying that he hasn't he hasn't even done basketball related activities yet. So that means you're pretty far away. You know, get your yeah. stamina back up, get your endurance back up to being able to play in high leverage, pressure pack moments. So I'm leaning right now towards they're just going to keep listing him as a game time or say something late. And but really, he's just he's not going to be playing. Well, I've never been a bigger Warriors fan because I think if they sweep or they win in five, even six, and he doesn't play, I think he's definitely gone. I think he's gone anyway. Well, I just think that kind of is the uh, the bow on yeah. the package or the icing on the cake. So I'm really hoping for that. I'd love to see him play for the Knicks next year. Listen, if you need me to nurse your strain, your strained calf, get you ready for the season, KD. I'm here for you, buddy. Wow. Look at that. Absolutely. So we both have the Golden State Warriors winning in six. I'm going Sean's safe route this time, unlike the rest of my NBA playoff prediction. Hey, I got to take a second here. I, I appreciated your other picks, especially that Houston pick. You know, to be honest, especially after that game two win for Milwaukee, I wasn't feeling too hot about my Toronto Raptor pick. And, uh, you know, those two teams really were hand-in-hand hand the best. I give you credit with the Rockets. I know a couple other people went out on the limb and took the Rockets too. I just couldn't do it. Again, like it's weird for me to take a lot of credit for picking a Golden State Warriors. I know I was right and I'm happy about it. But I give you credit for going, you know, the contrarian route and and picking a, a couple of different teams. Thank you, sir. I'm still a loser, but, but you're still I was just going to say, but you're still a loser. Yes. All right, so let's move on to some MLB and talk the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees. I mean, again, they just took two of three from Kansas City. Almost came, Well, they did come all the way back from 7-1 down to tie it and then lose in extras. This team, man, I, I'm like at a loss for words. Like I'm trying to analyze this team. And I'm trying to talk intelligently about this team. And as I said on this podcast and when I wrote my article about five weeks ago, I mentioned... It's like a perfect storm of these guys who are finally getting their opportunities to play and a combination of the fact that the teams that they're playing are just horrendously bad. I mean, I'm watching that Oriole team. I'm watching this Royals team. These teams are so bad. I mean, they are so bad that not to take anything away from this group of Yankees that have come up and just won seemingly every day, but you can't do that. I don't know if they'd be doing this playing some of the baseball's best. You know, they're not playing Houston. Uh, they did take two of three from Minnesota a couple weeks ago, which was encouraging. Although, no matter how good Minnesota is, they're always kind of the Yankees' proverbial punching bags. You know, it doesn't ever seem to matter how good they are. They just can't win in New York. But they haven't been playing some of baseball's best teams. And, you know, last year they struggled against the Orioles. And the Orioles were really bad. This year, they're kind of doing what Boston did last year, which is just beat the hell out of these bad teams and never never let them up. And now the Padres come in for a, two, for a three-game set before a huge four-game weekend series with the Red Sox. I'm very interested to see what they end up doing. But, you know, Urshela seems like he could be the real deal. I'm looking at guys like Kendris Morales, who they got for nothing, who's come over and, and added a nice little, you know, veteran middle-of-the-order bat. Voight's killing the ball. Sanchez and Torres are playing like MVPs. The pitching hasn't been great, but it's been good enough, and the back end of the bullpen looks strong. Well, it looks like the Yankees have a new ace. 
Yeah, I think so. Although yesterday was a tough one for him. He gave up seven runs in four in four innings. But yeah, Domingo Herman, he has nine wins already. If he had won yesterday, he would have had ten wins before Memorial Day, which is almost unprecedented. He's looked great. Um, you know, you're looking at Tanaka's had an incredible year. They're now going the opener route because of some injuries to guys like CeCe and Paxton. Hap's been a little inconsistent, but you know I don't really worry too much about him. After the All Star break, he'll he'll figure it out. Yeah, I expect him to to do exactly that, and I think they're going to be making some additions. And there's not really much to say as far as their wins and losses are concerned because there hasn't been a lot of losses and there's been a lot of winning, but. There's a couple scenarios I want to throw at you. So when we did our pod last year around Memorial Day was when we first started talking about possible trades the Yankees could make because it comes up on you quick. You know, two months from now is around the trade deadline and there's going to be a lot of activity. So as teams prepare to look at their teams and say, okay, are we buyers? Are we sellers? What kind of additions do we need to make? Let's look at the Yankees situation right now. The rotation, like almost always, is the primary cause for concern. Tanaka's throwing the ball great. Herman had been throwing the ball great previous to yesterday, but he's going to be on an innings limit, and he's going to blow past that probably around the right around the trade deadline. Hap struggled a little bit. They're not getting a lot of they're not getting a lot of innings out of their starters, even when their starters pitch well, and they can't continue to go to the bullpen this many times. So. There's going to be a couple starters on the market. One that we've talked about, which isn't a trade, but is Dallas Keuchel. He's expected to sign midnight of of uh, June 2nd, right after the draft. The Rays are eyeing him. The Yankees just had a top scout looking at him throwing a sim game yesterday. So he's an option, and I think he's going to. I think the Yankees are going to give him a blank check. Say, hey man, just put your number here. We we're going to sign you for this year. All indications are he wants to pitch in a big market, winning kind of team. Well, you know, the Yankees fit that bill right there. Tampa would be a tough team to lose him to because I wouldn't want to face him in a big in a big spot. But that's now, not a big that's not a big uh, market either. No, no, no. But it's a it's a good team. It's a yeah. winning team. We've seen his old teammate Charlie Morton's pitching down there. So the next route is looking at a trade for Madison Bumgarner. And this name's starting to pop up a little bit because the team is so dreadful. And that's Max Scherzer of the Washington Nationals. Give up the farm. Now I'm I don't them. I don't know if the Nationals would trade Scherzer, but they are going to start looking like there's gonna have pieces that they can move. Give up the farm. So what would that take in your opinion? Andahar? I was so I, I'm glad you brought up Andujar, because I wasn't sure if I'm not giving up Frazier, but I would give up Anaheim. I think that you Just could, because the Yankees are very rich at a third base position, you can slide LeMahieu over there, or obviously Urshela is playing like an all-star right now. He, he's hitting over 300. What is he hitting, like 320? He's hitting 325, yeah. So if Urshela keeps this hot bat up and obviously he plays gold glove defense, you can keep him slid in there. You trade Andahar, Floriel who I'm fine giving up. I think, honestly, Floriel's ceiling is Hicks just because his bat is not as good as everybody predicted. Um, and then, I don't know, throw Chance Adams and a few others in there. I think it's going to probably take a Domingo Herman, Ooh. Jonathan Loizaga, Ooh. Chance Adams, something like I mean, you're giving up if, – if you're giving up the best pitcher, arguably, in baseball the last five years, a guy who's still dealing this year. Still throwing – 98. Yeah, you're going to have to give up a lot. And I think that 
Andujar is kind of the wild card in a lot of this because you expect a guy like Clint Frazier to get moved. But I think if I'm the Yankees, I'm very hesitant to move Frazier because it's not just about this year. You know, this year you've got him. He's going to probably take over that full-time left fielder job once Judge is back and uh, he'll platoon with Gardner. The guy can hit. He's looked a little shaky in the outfield, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if that concussion really messed with him, and he's not being nearly as aggressive. It looks like he's he did not, not reading the ball all that well. He had a really tough series in Kansas City, both in right and left. But this guy's a legitimately good major league hitter, and we've seen it with him playing all the time this year. I don't think the Yankees want to give him up because when you're going forward next year, Gardner's going to be off the team. Here's your starting left fielder now. You hope to be for the next about you know eight to ten years. But Andujar is the interesting one. And I've always hated when people have said you can't lose your job due to injury. Well, how did Andujar get his chance last year? Yep. Brandon Drury, your guy. And now he's on Toronto. Yep, goes down. And okay. the Yankees loved him. But this kid comes up a little before predicted. And he's second in rookie of the year. I think the Yankees love Andujar. I don't think they want to give him up. But if you're talking to a team like San Francisco, who holds Madison Bumgarner, and you're talking to a team like possibly Washington that has Max Scherzer, if you're not going to give up Frazier, you're going to have to give up Floreal. You're going to have to give up top ready to go major league talent. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up Andujar for Bumgarner. I would give what up. It takes. I would. I would rather I would rather them put up put together a much bigger package if Scherzer becomes available because I I like Baumgartner but he's still got a pretty he, his deal is a little more team friendly right yeah and he's a free agent at the end of this year and he's a free agent at the end of this year I don't understand why you would give up and Har for that I I don't think that's that's what it should take and I think you should pull him off the table and say Floreal well let me ask you this if Scherzer's not made available and the Yankees signed Keuchel. And you have a rotation now of, and Paxton's due to come back soon, this week even. So you're going to have Paxton in no particular order, Paxton, Tanaka, Sabathia, Keuchel, and Herman. And Hap. And Hap. And then here comes Luis Severino. Can't forget about him, who's supposed to be back sometime after the All-Star break, maybe into uh, August. I'm just throwing that Scherzer one out there because if this team continues to just free fall like it has, I mean, they have no bullpen. Got swept by the Mets last week, right? They did. And they only – they have great outfield talent, obviously, with Eaton, Robles, and Soto, but they don't really have a lot else. They're talking about trading off Anthony Rendon for a well, big yeah, package. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if they trade Rendon, who's a really, really good third baseman – then and hard slide in there pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think it's just going to come down to do they look at themselves like when the Yankees looked at themselves in 16 and say, what are we realistically the next few years? I mean, you don't have to trade Scherzer now. You can trade Scherzer in the offseason. He has two more years after this year on his deal. He'll be a free agent at the end I of just the 2021 get, season. I don't know if you'll get a player – better than Andahar because Andahar is already obviously MLB ready. You may get some prospects that could potentially be better, but Andahar has proven it. Andahar has proven it, and I don't think the Yankees are going to be enthusiastic to trade him. Listen, Urshel is a great story. I, listen, he might be really good. I still don't know yet, and he can have another couple weeks of production, and I'm still not sure yet. He's never hit before. 
I don't question his defense, but the guy's literally never hit before. And Duhar, no time in his professional career has hitting ever been a question. So I don't think the Yankees are going to just look to to trade a sure thing offensively in Andujar for a possible thing in, in Urshela. But you've got LeMahieu, which you mentioned, who slides over and can play third base full-time as well. There's going to be a lot of avenues. There's not, you know, The Yankees don't have a lot of ways to improve this team other than just get their guys back from injuries. So I don't really know when, comes to, when it comes to the trade deadline to what they really need to do. But I think it's pretty obvious right now, Dallas Keuchel makes a lot of sense because they need to... I've been to, pounding the table for him for months. You have been. And I didn't like the idea of giving him a long-term deal. I didn't like the idea of even Neither going... Neither did I. Th- I just said throw him a blank check. Yeah. And I think now is the time to do that because they're not getting a lot of... That they're not getting a lot of length out of their starting pitching. CC's been on the shelf. Paxson's been on the shelf. It sounds like even when Paxson comes back, he's going to be pitching through a little bit of pain in that knee. Hap has struggled. Oh, and by the way, Paxson, Paxson, who was right again? Who was? Uh, right oh yeah, again? yeah, absolutely. Oh, Paxson will be back in a week, Tom. Don't worry about it. That knee will be fine. Well, clearly it's barking. How how many weeks has it been? Three, like four weeks. Three a month. Yeah. I'm the injury guy. I'm not a doctor, but I have I have a feel for it. You come to me when there's injuries, all right? You say, oh, so-and-so is a little dinged up. I'll look into it for you. I'll get back to you. I'll tell you. He's going to be out a while. This is this is one you don't have to worry about. I'll tell you either way. All sports, not just this. You're KD, savant. I was on. Yeah. I knew he was going to be out. Come on. You're very smart. Um, looking around the rest of the league, Tampa still looks good, although they've faced a little bit of adversity lately. Boston's starting to come on, although Houston just took two or three from them. We've been saying that for a while. I don't know. This might be Boston's year where they just here's the team. No one here's the team that people are finally starting to talk about. The Minnesota Twins currently have the best record in baseball, and that squad is good. This team is really, really good. Up and he's possible All Star. Yeah, and Scope. I mean, they bring him in. He's been amazing. Nelson Cruz, that, he's always a good addition. And looking at that pitching staff, you have Barrios, who has eight wins. This team is really solid right now. I mean, Odorizzi has really cemented himself as a, as a top-tier pitcher in this Even league. Kyle Gibson's pretty good. Yeah, for sure. And I look at this team, and... Rocco Baldelli has them playing really well. They're the fastest team ever to hit 100 home runs in a season. It only took them 50 games. I like this team a lot. I really do. I think that this team is poised, and they're nine up on a Cleveland Indian team that also could be doing some selling because Bauer hasn't pitched great. Carrasco hasn't pitched great. Kluber's been on the IL after having that line drive come back and break his arm. They're not scoring a lot of runs. I don't I don't really know what Cleveland could be doing. I mean, if they don't start putting it together soon, this is another team that has a lot of really good assets that could be looking to be in sell mode. Yeah, that might be somewhere where the Yankees could get a pitcher for a little bit cheaper than what's going to cost you Scherzer. And I don't know, you seem to think the market's really high on Bumgarner, so maybe they could get somebody a little bit well, more Well, the market's going to be high is because, again, I look at it, – it's hard for me to take veteran pitchers who – are used to having a lot of success pitch on really bad teams. I mean, two years ago at this time, Justin Verlander 
was pitching to a mid four ZRA in Detroit. You know, when he came up, that team World Series 06 in the playoff run. Let me tell you this, though. The difference is that Verlander, he did suck on Detroit. And Bumgarner hasn't been great either. Towards the end, Verlander sucked. Verlander never had an injury issue, though. His issue was just that he was on a bad team and he was unhappy. Bumgarner is having other issues. His velocity's down. It's coming back up a little bit. He's throwing 92. And he also had that that injury last year mm-hmm. on his pitching arm. So that's kind of what makes me a little more worried. And that's why I would say the comp to Verlander, it's there, but it's not as similar because Verlander, it was just like, I mean, let's face it. He was bored or whatever, unhappy because they weren't winning. Um, Bumgarner has that same situation combined with the fact that he has a little more of an injury history. No, you're right. I mean, he's he's shown that he's healthy this year, but I don't. Again, I'm not going to turn down a chance to get and because what do we talk about when the Yankees are talking about starting pitching? Oh, can they do it in October? Oh, can they do it in the big in the big moments? Well, you're getting a guy who is maybe the best postseason pitcher aside from Verlander that we've seen in the last 10, 15 years, and because you're not going to have to pay him a lot of money going forward. You know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. If he pitches great for you, you can re-sign him, whatever. But if you have a chance to go get a guy who's won before, been the prominent figure in winning championships, you're going to tell me no and let another team go get him? I'm not going to tell you no. I think Milwaukee, the reason I think that there's a high market for him is because I think there's a lot of teams who are going to be in contention who, because I threw the Scherzer scenario out there, to be perfectly honest with you, even if the Nationals continue to suck, I don't think he's going to become available just because they're going to look at acquiring some pieces to build around him, knowing they have him for two more years. And, you know, they also have Corbin and Strasburg. Bumgarner's going to get dealt. There's no incentive for the Giants to get If Scherzer's not there and you can get Bumgarner for anything short of Andahar, I would do it. I just don't think he's going to. They're going to need Clint Frazier or Miguel Andujar. I wouldn't do it. I'd rather sign Keiko and then go Carlos Carrasco or All something. Right. I would much rather that. I think Andhar's too valuable in that trade. Yeah, it's going to be Who interesting. Where's your World Series? I mean, can we be mad about it? Even if he's putting up number, even if Andhar's putting up numbers in San Francisco, can we be mad about it if no. Tom Gardner leads the I, I, I don't Series? think. But again, I just don't. I think he's too valuable of an asset to get to get a rental. Yeah, and I think Frazier's too valuable of an asset to get. I just don't like giving up MLB prospects. I don't care if he's a blue chip, five star, ninety or a plus 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 on perfect game prospects. Potential stands for I currently suck. That's what potential stands for. I don't like giving up proven products for for rentals, and I I don't either. But the thing is, is that again, you're gonna have to win a World Series if. Madison Bumgarner is your ticket to at least helping your chances win, to win a World Series. And you're not going to trade from a position of depth, which third base currently is for the Yankees with Andujar, or, uh, Urshela, and LeMahieu. Then, okay, you're going to have to tell your fan base and, and your team why you didn't. I mean, remember, the Yankees didn't make that final trade for Cliff Lee when he was a Mariner because they didn't want to throw in David Adams after they had a deal all but done. And Cliff Lee goes to Texas, did everything he could to win them a World Series that year. So you're 
you're screaming at revisionist history. So how did the Yankees not give up David freaking Adams for Cliff Lee? You know, if you're that was a 2010 team, that was a World Series Yankee team. If Cliff Lee went to the Yankees instead of the Rangers, the Yankees win the World Series that year. I don't think it's even comparable. So if you're if you're not going to acquire a Madison Bumgarner and you let him go to a team like let's say the Brewers or maybe another American League team that we're not thinking about right now and he beat you twice in the playoffs, you're going to be screaming and yelling even no matter how good Miguel Andujar is down the road. You're right, but I just don't like giving up proven products for rentals. And that's a tough Especially thing because one with so, arm problems that's got a lot of miles on that arm as well. So many so many of these players that the Yankees have called up you know, we questioned whether they were major league ready or whether they were actually really good. And I can't really call it a problem because that would, you know, reflect negatively. But one of the dilemmas, I'll use that word, for the Yankees is we have too many guys who are major league players and not enough places to play them. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get creative with deals, especially if there is somebody like a Madison Bumgarner on the trade market, especially if there's a Max Scherzer on the trade market. Oh, I would I would sell the farm for him. I think you'd have to. Um, everywhere else, the Nationals Cubs are good. The Nationals are really bad. The Cubs are really good. We talked about the Mets. Are the Cubs going to be buyers at the deadline? They, they have, have they have a lot of talent. They don't have any money to sign free agents because we've already mentioned it. Hayward's kind of weighing them down. But are they going to be buyers at the at the trade deadline? I think they have to be. I think they're going to get creative with some moves. They still have a couple guys that I think they'd be willing to part with for the right deal. I mean, they have some instability in their bullpen that they need to get set and figure out. Yeah, maybe out. a Doolittle heads over there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's a possibility. There's there's I mean, we've seen on the on the trade market the last few years Relievers are just going like. I mean, the Yankees just have so many options in the bullpen. Maybe they could even throw in like a holder or something to a deal to spice things up for another team. Oh, absolutely. Because they're they're not really using him at all, and a few others. So Sessa, yeah, Sessa. I think Loizaga. I think some of these guys are all going to become expendable. You know, in the right deal. No, the Cubs are have surprised me. They're very good. they're, they're actually hitting, and with that amount of talent, you would think that they should, and they are. I look at the Dodgers. I still think this is their – the National League is their league to lose. Yeah, they've gotten – I think they've even gotten better this year. They're really good. They are. And that's just because Bellinger's taken it to a whole nother level. Seager's back, and he's almost fully back. And then, I mean, they don't even have their full team yet because Pollock's on the DL. Yep, the aisle, whatever. But you've got you know Walker Bueller. He's nasty. Really, he's dominant. I mean, the question is: Is Kershaw going to be able to get healthy and figure it out come playoff time? And that's I feel like that's been the both those. That's like a two prong question for him because it's always been health for him, and then the other thing is when October rolls around, he's not he's not so good. No, and. I, this is this feels like if they're gonna if they're gonna crack through and finally win a World Series, I feel like Kershaw has to be like the number three starter. Yeah, it's like I mean, give me four to two right thirds now. or five of good baseball. They could be going out to get a bullpen guy because their bridge to Jansen is not so great. No, it's not. Um, a team that I love and that I picked to be in the World Series was the Milwaukee Brewers, and they've struggled a little bit despite having again. Otherworldly production from Christian Yelich. 
this team is missing a little bit, and I think that they're going to be the main suitors for a guy like Bumgarner. I, and a pen guy, too, because, the again, we're talking about bridges from starter to closer. Getting to Hater is, is a show for them every time. It's a heart attack. Yeah, it really is. And to be perfectly honest with you, I thought that their bullpen was going to be better. I thought they had some better arms in there, and they haven't gotten the job done. Bullpens, with the exception of like teams like the Yankees and the Rays, the bullpens have really not been good for a lot of teams this year. Um, it's it, it feels like there's just not enough consistency between what guys' stuff is and what their actual production is. I mean, you look at Washington. That's the worst bullpen I've ever seen. It's horrific. And Boston, you know, I give them credit. Their bullpen's not lights out. But it's pretty damn good for a bullpen that we really thought was going to be their Achilles heel this year. So what's the deal before we before we move on? What's the deal with Kimbrell? Yeah, so he's same deal. I mean, he's not with a team yet because the draft hasn't occurred. So he still has that pick attached to him. After that, I imagine it's going to be very shortly after Keuchel. He's going to just have to jump in and take the best deal imaginable. I still think Boston makes sense. No, nah, blank check from the Yankees. Oh my god! Again, <laughs> playing check from the Yankees, and then he could just start dealing all these other mid bullpen guys for the year. That's quite the that's quite the theory. Yeah, well, then if you throw a um, then if you throw one of the you other know, guys Batances in there, is coming back too. Exactly. Well, you could trade Batances. I don't think they want to trade Batances. I don't know, man. I mean, they so nurse- you're talking about you want a bullpen of Kimbrel, Batances, Green, Ottavino, Britton, and Chapman solves your starter problem. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely does. Wow. Yeah, that would be. I thought. I thought it was an embarrassment of riches. Now, if that happens, give him a blank check. You can trade. Um, what's the guy's name that that was the opener? His name. Oh, Green. Me. You could trade. You could trade Green. You could trade Holder. You could trade uh, Sessa. You could trade pretty much anybody on the, at the bottom end of the bullpen. Canley's been great. Trade him too. Just give them all to the give them all to the Nationals. <laughs> They'll have the second best bullpen in baseball after we're finished with them. There you go. And we'll have Scherzer. There you go. Um, anything else around the league you want to talk about? Not really. Absolutely not. I mean, the Padres are still fun, but they're not they're not there yet. We know the Mets suck. Aside from that, I think everything's pretty status quo. Although the National League, I feel like, is significantly better than the AL this year. The AL is super top heavy. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, There's a lot of bad teams in the AL, which makes me a little nervous with the Yankees because they're really beating up on them. But you got to win the games in front of you. Well, see, so that's the that's an interesting thing that you just brought up because as great of a feel good story as this Yankee team is, and don't get me wrong, it is awesome seeing them win, and you're getting great production from guys like Torres and Sanchez, who you really need to step up. Frazier's playing really well, but. I mean, I'm watching that series last week against the Orioles. That team is just historically bad. And and sometimes people throw around that word historically. This team is going to lose 120 games. This team is one of the worst products I've ever seen put on a baseball field. Then you got the Kansas City Royals, who aren't much of a step above that. Yeah, on the as for the Orioles, I don't even know if I could name three players on the team right now. No. I mean, Trey Mancini, Chris, Chris Davis. Davis. I'm stuck. Yeah. That's it. That's all I really can name. Uh, that's it. It's been 
Jonathan VR. He's a nice Whoa. player. Yeah, yeah, he is a nice player. Shouldn't have signed there. Nope. He'll they'll they'll uh I have a feeling that they'll they'll be looking to trade him for whatever they can get for him at the deadline. I feel like infielders, good, especially good switch hitting middle infielders. So he can play second and short. Yeah, so. go go for you know a couple prospects, but. That's what I, I look at this American League. I mean, the Yankees, I give them a lot of credit. They've taken four out of six against Tampa so far this year. That's good. They swept that little two-game set with the Red Sox when the Red Sox were really struggling. Big four-game set Thursday through Sunday this week in New York against Boston. Um, other than that, you know, they played Houston, got swept by them earlier in the year. The Mariners, who we thought were good, they're 10-29 and 29 in their last 39 games. Yep. They they've gone into a tailspin, yeah, but that West Coast trip that the Yankees, you know, oh they got to go out to West Coast. That Angel team sucks. They take three out of four there last month. They haven't played anybody. So my finger is off. Francisco, you know, we were smashing the panic button like a month and a half ago. My finger is definitely off the panic button, but I've kept it in the corner of the room, exposed, <laughs> because I don't know if this is Fugazi or not. No, I don't think it is. I mean, I think the Yankees, even with the injuries, still have a really good team. I mean, they're a deep team. They're not – they don't have any real superstars with Judge and Stanton out. But they have a couple, obviously, premier players and guys like Sanchez and Torres. You're getting good production out of – you know, Luke Voigt has been – I mean, I, I don't think we have to even ask about him anymore. He's a legitimately good player. Yeah, he's our he's the first baseman. He's the first baseman. Um, you know, guys like Cameron Maben, Brett Gardner's been on fire the last two weeks. So it's not like the Yankees don't have anybody. They're just, they just don't have the big guns. But I don't like this narrative of Yankee fans who are like, oh, we don't – do we really need the big guys back? I don't really of want Of course them. you do. Of course you do. And the reason that like when people are like, this team's fun, what's fun about it is these are guys who you don't have any expectations for. And they're exceeding very low expectations. You know, your Tyro Estradas of the world. Obviously, your Gio Urshela's of the world. Cameron Mabins. You know, these are guys that you don't expect to be all that great. And that, and they're playing fantastic. And there is something fun about this team. This team does have a good energy to it. But I don't think that that would be any different if Stanton and Judge and Didi were healthy. No, no, not at all. And again, I mean, those it, guys get paid the big bucks because they put up numbers consistently. Right. I mean, I think part of what is not that fun, quote unquote, about, you know, Stanton and Judge going deep or whatever in a game is, listen, you expect them to do that. So when they don't produce, you get pissed off because they're the big money guys. They're the guys that, you know, fans have high lofty expectations for. And anytime they don't succeed, you're going to get pissed. You don't really, you can't get pissed if Gio Urshela leaves the bases loaded. You can't get pissed if Tyro Estrada pops up, you know, to end an inning. That's just how it, that's just how it is. But as the season progresses, as you play more important games, you're going to need your, your all-star players back. And, to the people who say, oh, well, you know, the Yankees, the, yes, the Ma- Yankees could beat up on this Oriole team and this Kansas City team with, with Stanton. With the B squad. With, yeah, with Stanton, with Judge, too. You know, they don't. Of course. They, yeah. they don't have they to could do with the B squad. They could do with the A squad. I mean, let's. we'll just have to see how it plays out. Maybe this team will stay hot. I think it's going to be a fun year, magical year, hopefully. Oh, I I'm really hoping so. I mean, special I te- team. I texted you when they won that game against uh, Tampa Bay last Friday when Urshela walked it off after Voight tied it, and I just said, "This team, man, this team's special. I don't know what it is. 
And there's it reminds me of oh nine. I mean, the talent obviously was better because everybody pretty much stayed healthy throughout the year. But mm-hmm. I think they broke the record for walk off hits in that season. So. Yeah, they did. Yep. And they have they. I mean, even yesterday. I mean, they're down seven one. Last game of a road trip. You expect them to just you know Roll go over. down quietly, and you couldn't even be mad. They finished the the they finished the road road trip six and one, and then they tie it up. Score three runs in the ninth, make it seven seven. They ended up losing in extras, but that was because they had to pitch guys like Nestor Cortez, who actually did a great job yesterday, and Jonathan Holder, because Ottavino, Britton, and Chapman were all unavailable. Canley was unavailable too. Hey, maybe if they get Craig Kimbrell, he'll, he could have pitched. True. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's one of those you games pitch for the Nationals when we <laughs> trade him for Scherzer. There you go. That was one of those games where you know Boone was not going to lose. He was going to lose the battle to win the war. He's going to say, "Listen, I'm going to. If we win, it's going to be because Jonathan Holder and and Nestor Cortez shuts this team down. I'm not going to, you know, burn through my bullets here trying to preserve this game. We've got everything that Boone says about you know one game goes into the next, and pieces from one game, you know, are going to show up two or three games later on. I love hearing that because it's so true. You know, they, it would have been great if they won yesterday, but." I had no bad feeling after they lost that game. I mean, they came all all the way back, and they didn't pitch any of their top relievers. If their top relievers were available, they probably would have ended up winning that game in like the 12th or 13th. But either way, 6-1 and one on a road trip. Now you're home. San Diego comes in. We get to take a look at Manny Machado. Um, and then Boston for four. All right, so Thrones porn. We're not doing it because we have yet to watch Thrones. I just don't want to. We got to do it. We promised we'd do it. We said we'd do it before the series was over. That was clearly a lie. We will watch the Dragons at some point. I don't want to. Sean, as CEO, it's an order. <laughs> you, if you want your bonus this year, oh, please. you better do it. Because when I do your evaluation, you know, you're definitely you, you going to want to watch watching it either. You don't want to watch this either. Yeah, but I'm the CEO. I do what I want. This doesn't make any sense. But me and you will sit down, possibly together... Over maybe a glass of wine, bourbon for you, <laughs> maybe a bowl of popcorn, <laughs> light some candles, and we'll watch Thrones. We'll watch that dragon shit together. But uh, we oh, will be God. back. Everybody check out the website, sorrysports.com. Email us if you have any questions, concerns, or if you want to write an article, sorrysports@yahoo.com. And enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day. I hope it was a good weekend.